Welcome back to the Religions of the Ancient Mediterranean podcast. I'm Phil Harlan, a prof at York University. We're continuing with the series Associations in the Greco-Roman World. Last episode, we started to go through some of the evidence for one particular case study, and that is Phoenicians or Syrians who migrated elsewhere and formed together into groups. And we looked at how these groups were finding a place for themselves within society. This was all preparatory to some degree, to understanding Judeans as immigrants within the cities of the Roman Empire, and we'll get to that soon in the next episode. Today we continue with more of the evidence, first for Phoenicians and Syrians in the Hellenistic period. We ended last time, you remember, talking about the island of Delos, the Greek island of Delos. We still have a few more pieces of evidence to discuss with regard to Delos. And then I'll be talking a little bit today about Israelites on Delos as well namely Samaritans, people from the area of Samaria north of Judea, who were also settled on Delos that provide a comparative framework for our other groups. Then finally today we move on to the Roman period. Most of the material we've dealt with so far on the Phoenicians was in the Hellenistic period, before there's a Roman Empire, and the material in the latter part of today's episode goes further on into the Roman period to see what sort of evidence we have for that. So I hope you enjoy this episode and come again for the next one where we finally get into some of the Judeans, the Jews, who have migrated outside of Judea and settled elsewhere and formed associations. That too will set the stage for looking at Jesus followers as an example of an unusual case of a Judean movement in the diaspora. Finally, let's look at that lengthy inscription that you guys got to read. So this one further illustrates assimilation in the sense of interaction between immigrants, Barudians, and important figures in Delos. Marcus Manatius is here being honored by the Barutians in an extensive way. This is a very lengthy inscription. This is the one from 153 BCE. That's the same date as that Tyrian association honored another guy, right? And here, Marcus Manatius, it's explicitly stated, is ethnically a Roman. So he's a Roman who's settled on Delos, and he's here being honored by a group of immigrants from Beirut on Delos. He's a Roman banker. It comes out uh, later on in the inscription. So here we have interaction between two different immigrant people, uh, peoples on Delos, which all is beginning to see the potential for assimilation and cultural interaction between different ethnic groups. But it goes further than that. The extent of these honors and the nature of the honors point to very positive relations, you could say, between these, these uh, Barutians and the uh, people, Romans like Marcus Manatis. I would suggest to you maybe this is an ongoing interaction with other Romans that they have on the island, of the Greek island of Elos. So what honors do they give him? They give him, they honor him, well, why does they honor him? First of all, he gave a benefaction and the accrued interest from the benefaction in connection with the construction of their sacred enclosure. So the building that we've been looking at just moments ago was renovated or added to or uh, had new things added to it within it, maybe statues, in connection with funds that he had supplied to them. He had invited them all to a sacrifice, uh, which, had, which, which he had prepared for the gods on behalf of the Synod and a public dinner. That he included the Barutians in some sort of large public dinner that this Roman banker gave. Here comes the resolution. So they, 
said what he, Marcus Amenatius gave as a benefactor, then they move on to what they're going to do to honor him. And it goes into quite a bit of detail here. They're going to give him a place in the courtyard to set up a statue of him. He's going to have a place in the headquarters to also set up a portrait. Maybe this is a relief portrait of him. Whichever place he chooses, but he's not allowed to have it in the shrines, understandably. They're also going to do more, aren't they, to honor this Roman banker. The Barutians are going to have a couch, remember that you recline to eat, at the banquets of these associations. And here a couch for reclining to eat will be reserved for Marcus Menatius to participate in the banquets, a particular banquet at least, of this immigrant association. So this Roman is being invited to participate within the association's activities. There's some cultural interaction. There's some of what we're talking about when we mean acculturation and assimilation. Um, alongside the most important figure at the festival of Poseidon, the sacrificer, the person in charge of the sacrifice for the ancestral god Poseidon, the Phoenician god. Also, let a day in his honor be celebrated each year on the day following the procession of the festival of Apollo. And on this day he shall be permitted two guests of his choice. So he's also, as a Roman, participating in the association of Berutians, on more than one occasion, in this case, they actually have an honorary um, gathering for him where he's allowed to invite two of his friends. Here's what you, here's what you have called in the Judean context, God-fearers. Let me put it that way. Anyone who studied early Christianity, you have this idea of Gentiles who honor Greeks and Romans, who like to worship the Judean God and start to associate with synagogues and go to the synagogue and honor the Judean God. Well, here you have a Roman Menatius joining with Berutians and honoring their ancestral gods and actually participating within the activities of the group. Um, so it's another kind of god fear, right? And it gets also a gold wreath and various other things. The main thing to note, though, is that then on this occasion he gets a procession in his honor with an ox. And then they stipulate specific things about the choice of the ox and making sure it's a good one. And then a whole procession is going to be done in honor of Marcus Menatius at this gathering of this immigrant association. So this is showing quite a high level of positive relations between these immigrants and a Roman, a prominent Roman, on Delos. And it's the same group who's also honoring the goddess Roma alongside their ancestral gods from home. You're seeing the way that the cultural practices are being blended together. With the Phoenicians and Syrians, I tacked on the end the Israelites. Because in some ways, sometimes ancient authors actually associated cities in Samaria with Phoenicia. It also gives a good segue to getting into the Judeans, those from the southern part of Israel. So remember that the southern part of Israel is the region of Judea around Jerusalem. And then above that, north of it, is Samaria. North of that is Galilee. The Israelites on Delos quite clearly are people from Samaria worship the God of the Israelites as he is worshipped on Mount Gerizim. Mount Gerizim is near the city of Samaria within the region of Samaria. So let's look at uh, that just to finish off what we were talking about last time. And I have a couple words to say about the Roman period because most of the evidence we've looked at, in fact all of it, for the Phoenicians and Syrians that we've looked at so far is from the Hellenistic era. They're from the 3rd, 2nd, and 1st century BCE. 
So I want to say something about the Roman period after we deal with these Israelites. You may remember last time we were looking at two things. Uh, well, we were looking at the dynamics and processes of assimilation and dissimilation. And, and so we were looking at the ways in which ethnic groups both reaffirm and strengthen their cultural identity that is different from other people's identity. And that one of the ways that takes place is through maintaining contacts with the homeland and with honoring the gods of the homeland and just continuing in the cultural conventions of your homeland. And we saw that in several different examples of inscriptions for Syrians. And on the other hand, we were looking at how, nonetheless, these ethnic groups find a place for themselves in the society where they're living. They assimilate to some degree. They participate within, for example, networks of benefaction and, and have benefactors who aren't necessarily from their ethnic group. And so we were looking at that two-sided two uh, process, both maintaining your cultural identity and adapting to the place where you are. Uh, with the Ezraelites, we have two inscriptions from the same island that we had the Tyrians and the Berutians attested from Delos. Delos was a very important economic center and a sort of mercantile center, shipping center, and therefore there's a whole lot of ethnic groups there that have come there probably mainly, of most of them, for, uh, for business reasons. And so Israelites, alongside Berutians, alongside Tyrians from Phoenicia, we find Israelites there on Delos. And what's interesting about these two inscriptions is that we do see indications of both sides of the thing, the connection with the homeland and integration within the society where they're settled, within their host society. We're not sure exactly the date with either of them, but the rough dates have been given based on the, uh, this is what often is done with inscriptions, based on the lettering of the inscriptions and comparing them to other inscriptions and the way in which letters are formed change over time in particular regions. And so scholars, when they don't have an exact date in the actual inscription, in other words, when they don't have a reference to anything historical in the inscription or a person we know from another inscription, they can roughly date based on the shape of the letters. So the earliest one is from somewhere between 250 and 175 BCE. So already that early, we have Israelites, as they call themselves, but Samaritans, as a scholar would call them, settled on Delos and forming an association together. So let's look at that inscription. It's a very short one. The Israelites on Delos, who contribute towards sacred and holy Gerizim, honored Menippus, son of Artemidorus, from Heraclea, himself and his descendants, who furnished and dedicated from his own resources on account of a prayer of God. The inscription breaks off there. And then you find out towards the end, after two lines are missing, that they crowned him with a gold crown as a way of honoring him. What's clear, though, is he made a dedication and provided something from his own resources to fulfill a vow he had made. We're already familiar with votive religion, or as Burkert calls it, but vows and votives, as we've been talking about it before, and this is what we're seeing an example of here. But here we're seeing it in connection with the Israelite God, Yahweh. Now, what's not entirely clear is whether or not the fellow here, this guy named Menippus, is an Israelite himself. It's not, we can't take that for granted. But it's also possible that it's a non-Israelite being a benefactor to a group of Israelites, maybe even a non-Israelite who honors the Israelite God. What's interesting is he's in Delos, being a benefactor to a group of Israelites, and he identifies himself as coming from Heraclea. Now Heraclea, there's a variety of cities that are called that, but there's one in Asia Minor that is a good potential from nearby in Asia Minor. We're on Delos, the island off the coast. 
that he is likely from. So he may be an Israelite who's from Heraclea, now settled in Delos. There's the multiple identity levels that we've been talking about, right? I'm a Heraclean. I'm an Israelite. I'm a Del Delian. Right? He's, he's all of those. Now, something we're going to get to with the Judeans today is one of the ways in which ethnic groups can maintain contact with the homeland is not only honoring the gods of the homeland, but we have this with Israelites and Judeans, supporting the main temple in the homeland. This language of contributing towards sacred and holy Gerizim. Gerizim is the mountain upon which the Samaritans feel you should worship Yahweh, the Israelites' God. It may be here that they actually send funds regularly, money, back to Gerizim to help support the functioning of the temple of Yahweh in Samaria. We have that for the Judeans, a whole lot of evidence of that. The collecting of the temple tax to send back from the diaspora back to the temple in Jerusalem until it's destroyed in 70. It's built into their name. They use almost the exact same phrase in both inscriptions to describe themselves. The Israelites who contribute to Gerizim in both cases. It's like their identity is tied to the fact that they either support through honoring the God there or actually financially support the temple. Look at the second inscription there. This one comes from later. It's from between 150 and 128 BCE. Or another scholar thinks it's as possibly as late as 50 BCE. But it's the same group, it seems. The language, as we've already mentioned, of how they identify themselves. First of all, it's Israelites again, but the way they identify themselves almost suggests it's the same group existing over time. The same association exists over a good number of uh, decades, at least, maybe even over 100 years. It's, it's an interesting little thing to note. Uh, often monuments had painting on them that we've since lost. In other words, often the monuments we find are marble. We have no trace of paint. In this particular monument, they still saw traces of red paint and black paint. The lettering on one line was in red, the next line black, red, black, red, black, which is quite interesting. So look at this one, it's so short, we might as well read it. The Israelites on Delos who contribute to the temple on Gerizim, crowned with a gold crown, Serapion, son of Jason from Knossos, because of his beneficence towards them. Once again, they're part of networks of benefaction. Here it's a person from another island, another Greek island, the city of Knossos on Crete. So this is a, an immigrant from Knossos on Crete, now on Delos, either an Israelite or not an Israelite, who is a benefactor for this association of Israelites. And here they're crowning him. They're participating in the same way that other associations on Delos do, by giving crowns to people. That's a Greek sort of Hellenistic practice, not an Israelite practice. Here it's becoming an Israelite practice. Here they're adopting and adapting and taking on the Greek ways of doing things. And yet still an ethnic group thinking of themselves as some way different from others, still formulating their own group. They're not just joining the Tyrians or the Barutians or the guilds that are around. They actually have their own association, so they're still maintaining their ethnic identity. And it may be that they're here relating to a non-Israelite who has been a benefactor for them. So there you have another ethnic group maintaining its identity, hanging out with one another, all from the same ethnic group, having contacts with their homeland, expressing their identity that way, and yet also interacting in the host society with others. 
Let's finish off with a couple things about the Roman period because all the evidence on Delos and most all the evidence we talked about so far with the Syrians and Phoenicians happens to be Hellenistic. Definitely in the case of these, these particular ethnic associations, we have far more evidence for them in the Hellenistic period than we do in the Roman period. We still, though, get inscriptions here and there, but not a whole lot from one place like we had with Delos. We get inscriptions from here and there that show that Syrians and Phoenicians are still gathering together in associations. Sometimes we just know the name of the group, and they call themselves the Association of Syrians, or the Association of Tyrians, and we don't know much more. But on a couple of the ones that you had in the reading, uh, we had know a little bit more about them. Here's one from the Roman period from Niceros, another island in the Aegean. All these islands are off the coast of Asia Minor that we've been looking at. So we're still near Delos to some degree, and we're on Niceros Island. Gnomagoras is the guy. So Gnomagoras, son of Dorotheos, Nisirian, who has been a soldier in the war vessel which was called Euandria Sebasta, who has frequently been crowned with gold crowns by the council, the civic council, who has served as a priest of the Augusti in Niceros, imperial cult priest, who has served as magistrate of the people, the civic body of the people, who has been a gymnasiarch, head of the gymnasium in Niceros, supplying the oil of all the free persons and settlers in Niceros, so he's had contact. Settler sounds like he's talking about immigrants, that he's supplied oil not only for citizens of Niceros, but also immigrants, as well as the resident foreigners on the 13th of the month, who is pleasant towards all the associations in Niceros, who has been crowned with gold crowns numerous times by the devotees of Hermes, by the Syrian devotees of Aphrodite, and by the devotees of Zeus Malikios, as well as being honored by them, and who has been crowned by the Eurythmidian group devoted to Dionysus. So there's a whole lot of associations mentioned here. This is an honorary inscription for Gnomagoras. It lists all his positions. This is very typical for these honorary inscriptions. This particular inscription is probably by a certain association that we've lost exactly who it is because of the breaks off. But in the process, they also mention other associations had honored him as well. And so one of those associations is the Syrian devotees of Aphrodite. So there you have a variety of different types of associations, including immigrant ones alongside regular ones, participant in honoring a certain benefactor. They're a part of the social life of what's going on on Niceros. So that's an example from the Roman period, that one. The final one that I wanted to draw your attention to from the Roman period is quite an interesting one, and that is way over in Italy, at Puteoli. This is actually a letter. We've had other examples of this, letters that ultimately end up being put on stone. And this is a letter that the Tyrians, same people from that same town of Tyre in Phoenicia that we encountered on Delos, there's also a group of Tyrians at Puteoli. And Puteoli is an important sort of port city of Italy. And here the Tyrian Association of Merchants at Puteoli writes a letter back home to the actual civic institutions of Tyre, requesting financial support to pay their rent on the meeting place where they, they meet to engage in their activities. So it's quite an interesting case. It's from 174 CE, so we're well into the Roman period here. The portion of the inscription that is best preserved I have quoted there. This station has long been cared for by the Tyrian settlement in Puteoli, who were many and wealthy, but now our number has dwindled to a few. And in paying for sacrifices and the rites of our ancestral gods that are established for worship here in temples, 
We do not have the means to furnish the rent on the station, 250 denarii per year, especially since the payments for the bull sacrifice at the games at Putioli are charged to us in addition. So they actually support the, a civic festival by paying for a sacrificial animal, as well as engaging in their own honors, their ancestral gods, as they put it. We entreat you, therefore, that you provide for the lasting permanence of the station, and then we don't know much else in the inscription. But the fact that they set up the inscription tells you something. They most likely got the money from Tyre, from the homeland. The civic institutions of Tyre decided that they would support this group who had emigrated and pay for their rent that they couldn't afford at, the, at that particular time. So there's quite an interesting connection with the homeland. And, obviously, the con continuance of what we saw in many of those other Syrian groups. Devotion to the ancestral gods. That phrase, the ancestral gods, recurred a whole lot in the, especially the Delos inscriptions. So that's an interesting other case in the Roman period to show that the Hellenistic period is not an anomaly. We don't have as much evidence for the Roman period as we did for the Hellenistic period for these Syrians and Phoenicians, but obviously it's continuing the same sort of dynamic of cultural maintenance, maintaining your ethnic identity in the place where you settle, and yet also sometimes participating within society around you.